You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. So we're going to talk about how we can test and approve God's will. How's that sound? You guys want to do that this morning? Okay. How can we test and approve God's will? So have you guys ever like wanted to know what God's will was in your life? Have you ever wondered about that? Have you ever had a big decision to make? Yeah. I was thinking about my niece, Annabelle. She's graduating from high school this year. And it's like, God, what do you have for me next? And that's a pretty big decision. We can remember sometimes as adults, it feels like it's, oh, it's not as big of a deal as it feels. But at the time, it feels like everything. Or maybe you're thinking, I don't know who I'm supposed to marry. That can feel like a big decision. I think a lot of us are probably past those two decisions. (laughs) But now it's like, okay, Lord, I feel like I'm supposed to move. Or I feel like I... Uh, I, I need direction in this area of my career. Maybe I have a career change coming up or God, I feel like I'm sensing that you're wanting something more for my life, but I don't know what it is. And so this feels like a really relevant topic to most all of us, especially right now. It feels like so many things are shifting and moving and we want to know God's will, right? So we're going to really look at this and Recently, J.D. and I, we had some big decisions to make in our lives, one of them being that out of the blue, out of nowhere, he got a job offer. So (laughs) come on. (laughs) So he had someone in his life that knew somebody that was like, J.D. would be the perfect person for this project management job because it's kind of what he does now, but it was in a different field. And this job was pretty awesome. He went and did an interview. They're like, we want to hire you. Let us know when you can start. And it was a lot more income. It was the full package. It was like the truck, the phone, the, you know, all the things, right? But at the same time, both of us felt this, I don't know if this is what God wants. In fact, have you ever heard of the book John Bevere wrote? It's called Good or God. You know that something can be good, but not God. And I don't know about you, but I don't just want good things in my life. I want... God things in my life. And so we've got to decipher and discern. And turns out, I'll just tell you the end of the story, we did decide that he would stay at his current job. And God has tremendously blessed that. He didn't, he told them about, because he's very close with his bosses. There's two co-owners. And he told them about what was going on. He's like, I had this offer. I went and did this interview. And so they kind of knew, but he didn't ask for one single thing. But they came back and were like, dude, you know, and this was after he made the decision to stay. So it didn't have anything to do with his decision to stay. After he made that decision, they came back with, here's what we want to do for you, which was amazing. But we just knew that that's what God wanted. And it didn't make sense on paper. So when we were in the process of fasting and praying and seeking the Lord on this decision, I came to this scripture, and this is what we're going to talk about today. This is literally what we're going to dive into, dig into, is this passage right here. It's Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. So I will, I don't hear any Bibles. I don't know. Maybe you just, it's okay. I was like going to give you a minute, but I think, I think you're there. Okay, so it says this. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to two things. 
offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Second thing, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then, so see, it gives us two directives and it says, and then based on that action, here's a result. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And you guys might look at that and go, well, those two directives are pretty general. They are. But as, I'll, I'll, as I hope to show you is that they're not as general as you might think. And as we follow those general instructions, we get specific assignments and specific instructions. So it's really, really important to understand this. And when I saw this, I literally, have you guys ever had those moments where you open your Bible, you read a passage and like your Bible, like, you know, light comes out of it and you feel like you're going to fall out in the spirit. Like it just is like all of a sudden you see something you've never seen and it's so clear. It's so strong. And that's how this was for me. I was like, whoa, we can test and approve God's pleasing and perfect will if we operate in these two things. So what does it, that mean exactly? What, what does it mean to offer your body as a living sacrifice and, and even conform, not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, which we talk about all the time and we understand well. But this whole passage was titled in scripture, living sacrifice, living sacrifice. Both of these things fall under whatever it means to be a living sacrifice sacrifice. So we're going to talk about what that is. But first, I want to I want to show you guys something. So the very beginning of the passage where it says therefore I urge you. The word urge in the Greek, I looked this up because a lot of you have heard me speak before and I talk a lot about Rick Renner. He writes a book, uh he writes lots of books, but he has a devotional called Sparkling Gems where he breaks down scripture into the Greek because the Greek meanings have way more depth than meaning sometimes than just the English word. So he said the word urge in this passage is the word parakaleo, and it means to plead, to beckon, or to beg. I want you guys to picture Paul, who's the writer. He's literally saying, you guys, please, I beg you, I urge you to hear what I'm saying and to do it. This is a really big deal. That's what he's saying. He's not just like, so here's a couple things that you should know. He's like, I urge you, I plead with you. I beg you to listen to me and do these things. So just note that. And then I also, when I looked up uh, more that Rick Renner what had to say about this passage, I want to read to you what he wrote. He said, it's important to note that the word parakaleo actually holds another layer of meaning. In the New Testament times, this word was also used to describe military commanders who would passionately address their troops before sending them into battle. In this context, the word parakaleo means to exhort, and it depicts a leader urging his soldiers to action, preparing themselves for a fight, and then brave the imminent battle with courage and commitment to win, regardless of the difficulties that lie ahead. This is no mere suggestion. It is a command. Thus, Paul's, Paul's use, use of parakaleo in Romans 12.1 reveals that in addition to earnestly pleading with his readers, he was commanding them as a leader and exhorting them to obey his request. So I, I think that word urge is like, 
we should note that. We should note that. This is a big deal, what he's about to say. Okay, so let's look at instruction number one. Instruction number one is to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So what is Paul really saying? And there's one more word I want to I want to show you in the Greek because I think that it gives us a clearer picture of what Paul is really saying here. So it's the word offer. The word offer is the word paris. It's paris to me. Paris to me. That's how you say it. Paris to me. And it means to present or dedicate your physical body. And there was no question on that. Because I wanted to read this and be like, well, it's just saying my living sacrifice, my body is like, you know, my life. Which, yes. But he's actually really specifically in, in, in highlighting your physical body. My physical body. He's wanting me to give that to him. Apparently. I think. No, I'm kidding. That's what it says. So it says it's to present or dedicate your physical body. The same word peristomy was used in Luke 2, 22, when Jesus was dedicated by Mary and Joseph in the temple. So think about, and a lot of you guys have done this, you've dedicated your child to the Lord. You've said, God, I know that my child is for me to steward, but at the same time, I'm giving this child to you. I'm entrusting this child to you. In the same way, he's saying that to us. He's saying that we are to dedicate our bodies like a baby dedication, but it's a grown-up dedication. I'm going to dedicate my body to you, God. So let's keep going. So instruction number two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, what I noticed was that God was showing me when I was working through this, he was showing me how the renewing of our mind is still connected to the flesh. It's still connected to the body. And I found this scripture, it's Romans 8, 6, and it says the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So we can't even get to renewing of the mind well if we haven't done step one, if we haven't sacrificed and dedicated our physical bodies to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? I feel like, did I miss that step a couple times in my life? Yeah, I think I, th I think I did. So this was so profound to me. So what is a living sacrifice? I want to really look at this because this was another like, Lord, this is so awesome. Thank you for just revealing this to me. In the Old Testament, there weren't living sacrifices. The sacrifices were already dead and had no way to resist the dying process. We are to be living sacrifices, sacrificing by choice day in and day out. Isn't that cool? Because this was titled living sacrifice. It's like, what do you mean living sacrifice? Like what's a living sacrifice? It's a sacrifice that has a choice. That's what it is. It has a choice. And so Paul was calling on believers everywhere to surrender their physical bodies and minds to the service of God, to put themselves on the altar and dedicate themselves to, the, to God as a living sacrifice. Whoa. So what we're going to do is, well, first, okay, we'll get there. 
Have you offered your mind and body as a living sacrifice? I just want to, I just want to throw, throw it out now. Throw it out now. Like, have you offered your body as a living sacrifice and your mind? So I started thinking about all the times in my life where I've had a measure of obedience in this area. Like I said, I'm not there now, you know, but I've looked back and I'm, I'm sort of like, I can see where there were times where offering my body, JD offering his physical body, offering our minds as a, as a living sacrifice did open up God's will in our lives. I could see where that had happened before. And it brought not just revelation, but realization. You know, when something becomes realized, it actually like comes to be. So I was thinking about this time when, you know, when JD and I first got married, we were 18 and 20. So we are super young and we had a baby on the way and JD just went right into working his little booty off. And he was on the road to become a stonemason. Well, you don't just become a stonemason you become a hod carrier, which is like a glorified slave. (laughs) So he would push wheelbarrows full of cement that was mixed, or I think, or what was it called? Hod, mortar. There you go. And he would like take it to the guys. And eventually he got to learn how to be a stonemason. And they didn't do phony stone is what they called it. This wasn't cultured stone. This was the real stuff. This was the stuff that was not already cut. You had to cut it and make it right and make it fit and make it beautiful. And so he eventually became a stonemason. So at one point in our lives, we were introduced to this company where we were able to build like this side business, this side hustle. And we had watched other people get their family, get their husband, get their wife, get both of them even out of their professions. Well, we're thinking, gosh, this job is not fun. JD doesn't necessarily enjoy backbreaking work out in the weather day in and day out. It's not the most enjoyable occupation. And so as we started dreaming and believing that this side hustle could get him out of that, we both became increasingly frustrated, let's say, about his job. And I can remember us actually becoming almost hateful, almost vengeful, almost like we talk bad about it and we had really bad attitudes about it. And what happened was we were very stuck in our business. We were doing well. We actually did pretty well because we were almost at the point where he could get out of that job, but not quite. And we were stuck there for a few years. And then guess what happened? There was a moment of renewing our mind that changed everything. And we read Colossians 3, 23 and 24, which let me show you, because I think this is going to speak to a lot of people in this room. Um, I'm a page holder person. Okay, so it says this, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Okay, fall to your knees. Uh Uh-oh, we in trouble because we're not working unto the Lord. We're working unto this boss guy that's like making my life miserable. 
we're working into I'm annoyed because I keep having to show up to work and they keep like sending me a paycheck and it's like awful, you know? It's just like this attitude that you get. Like I'm gonna be here as least amount of time as humanly possible because I don't like what I'm doing. And so it became something that we were extremely convicted about. And I am hoping some of you feel convicted as well because it's a big deal. Because guys, no matter what you're doing right now, you're working unto the Lord. And if you want to be faithful in whatever you're doing in the little to get much, you better be working unto the Lord right here and now. It changes everything. He's not going to open up and reveal what he has for you until you honor him in what you're doing now. And in a short time, our income like quadrupled bazillions and we no longer do that business now, but he was able to get out of his job and he was able to be out of that job for almost 10 years as we raised our boys, which was awesome. So very blessed by that. Okay. So we're going to ask ourselves several really important questions. You guys ready? You ready? You really ready? Okay. Rob, Rob's ready. Okay. Then we're, we're all ready if Rob's ready. Okay. Here we go. So first one, and we're talking about our bodies. Are you willing to go into harm's way or do it afraid? Now I say harm's way in quotes because a lot of the things that I was afraid of a lot of my life weren't actually that harmful, but I still felt like it was, you know what that's like? So some of you are actually doing things that you really are putting yourselves in, in harm's way. I'm thinking about where's Michelle D'Amica? Michelle D'Amica, she's over there. Over here. Why is she's like barely raising her hand? I'm not going to bring you up here, Michelle. <laughs> but I know Michelle is going to Mexico. And I don't know how many of you are also going with her, but she's going to Mexico to where our church is helping Mountain Gateway buy a piece of property, buy a building where they are literally putting on bulletproof vests, going into sex trafficking houses and rescuing kids and taking them to this place. She's going to be going there. And I don't know if she's going to actually be rescuing the kids or not, but the place where she's going is dangerous. Like you don't even fly in there without your bulletproof vest. And so she's saying, God, I'm, I'm giving you my body. I'm putting myself in harm's way. And I, I'll, I say yes, because you told me to go. And then I was thinking about JD and I have been watching this. What's that show? The war something war fighters. It's a bunch of different episodes. It's really cool, you guys, because a lot of the war, sh the military type shows that JD and I have watched over the years, you know, the guys are all like older, which is great. I love watching those shows. We like watching that kind of stuff. I'm a boy mom, right? Uh, but this is like, these guys are younger than us by quite a bit because they were in Iraq. They were in Afghanistan. And one of them had talked about how that scripture um, where it says, no greater love than to lay one's one's life down for his friend. And, and he said, that's what drew me into the military. And these are like the army Rangers. These are like the special forces guys. And they're on the, they're in the action. And he was basically like, I'm putting myself out there. I'm saying yes to what God told me to do and no greater love that I may have to lay down my life. And so there's those kinds of dangers. But for most of us, it's stuff like what I experienced my whole life, which was just fear. I just had fear of so many things. I can remember I, I, I was afraid to fly. 
I was afraid of like any type of movement, apparently. I didn't like to go to my friend's house that lived in Richfield, Washington, because her dad would take the back roads and it was like all hilly. So anything with like movement, I don't know if I needed deliverance or needed like an inner ear problem. <laughs> it's gotten it's gotten better, but like I, I can remember being a little girl and I wouldn't want to go out on the boats with all the families for the day. And I would stay back with like Miss Claudia and we'd make everyone lunch because I was scared to go on the boats. So I, I, when I got older and I realized, okay, part of what God's asking us to do, I'm going to have to get on airplanes, which may seem so silly, but you may have something in your life that God's asked you to do. And you're like, I am afraid to do that. And am I actually going to do the thing or am I going to not walk out what God has said yes to? And for me, it was this. It was like, that was one of them. There was more than one. And so I had to start just doing it afraid, doing it afraid, doing it afraid, feeling like I was putting myself in harm's way because I, I really wasn't. But there, it's possible. It's possible. And then another one was um, I was... Let me see. Let me look at my notes of what I was afraid of so I don't forget. Um, oh, oh, well, duh. This is funny, you guys. You're going to laugh. I was afraid of speaking in front of people. I mean, super bad. So like here we're doing this business where part of my job is to go into living rooms of like four people and just tell them about, you know, my cool product that I'm selling. And I would get sick to my stomach. Uh, and it would happen over and over and over again for years. And I'd just be like, when is this ever going to get better? And eventually it did. But I'm telling you what, you are going to have to do it afraid. You are going to have to put yourself at risk physically in order to maybe do what God wants you to do with your life. You're going to have to be a living sacrifice in this area. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'll tell you one other quick example that was really recently. So on Friday, I'm preparing my message and I'm like, Lord, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, take the wheel because I have like two little windows of time over the weekend to put this message together. I've never preached this before. I have like a whole thing to put together. So, you know, help me. And I'm in the middle of it. And my friend starts texting me and she, this, they don't go to this church. And she said, my 13 year old daughter is completely manifesting a demon. It's like really bad. She's punching and going crazy. And I need you. Well, at first we were just talking back and forth. I was trying to help her, but eventually she said, I need you to come. Would you come? And I felt the Holy Spirit say, you need to go. And I'm like, well, this will work itself out. And I'm just going to be a living sacrifice because this is my message. <laughs> and I'm going to go and I'm going to, and I didn't, you guys, I've, I've never been in that situation. I've shown up with that happening before, but not with a 13 year old. And so I'm like, Lord, you're going to have to tell me what to do. And it was incredible what God did. He gave me specific instructions and led the whole way. And it was wonderful. It was beautiful. She got freedom. She, it, we're going to continue to meet. It was great. But I had to put myself in the shoes of not only like my time, but I don't know, am I going to get punched? Am I going to get kicked? I don't, I don't and I, do I even know what I'm doing? No, but I'm going to rely on God. Okay. So another one to ask ourselves when it comes to our bodies is how are you taking care of your body? Oh, snap. I don't want to talk about this one because this one, it, it can be difficult for me. 
um, because I did a business where it was all about staying healthy and fit when that business was done, I kind of wanted to like not care so much about that anymore. (laughs) So, and then it turns out that that's actually God's idea and not the world's. And maybe my perspective was a little funky and I needed to get some things figured out with that. And so, um, you know, I've watched my mom who had stage four cancer and the doctor saying, you have no, uh, I mean, you're not going to live. This is, you're not going to live. And she asked the Holy Spirit to be her physician. And one of the things he told her to do was to change how she was eating completely. And she would give me these recipes of these awesome smoothies to get all this nutrition in your body. And then I would just buy all the stuff and then I just would be hungry. And that would take a really long time to have to put all that, those ingredients in, swirl it around and like clean everything. So I just grab, you know, a bar, or grab a bowl of cereal. And I'm just thinking, okay, God, you're convicting me in this area because this body is yours. And Pastor Jenny does the best at teaching this. She says, I don't want to get to 85, 90, or even younger, where my spirit wants to preach the gospel. My spirit wants to bring kingdom to earth. My spirit wants to bring healing and deliverance, but I can't physically do what my spirit wants to do. And so it is dishonoring to our father to not take care of our body. And that's our motive. And let's talk about motive for a second, because that's why the trees are on the screen. If you notice, because a lot of times we want to see good fruit in our lives, but fruit is based on what? The root. The root produces the fruit. So what I love about these slides is that on one side, there's fear, and on one side, there's love, but it's the same fruit. Well, this is highlighting motive. This is highlighting motive. I can be exercising. I can be eating right. I can be sleeping well at night and drinking my water and doing all the things. But my motive is I don't want to be fat because people won't like me or I care what people think about me or I want to be super buff so that, you know, I can prove myself as a man or whatever. There's wrong motives in why we do the things we do sometimes to physically take care of ourselves. And so even the good fruit can be bad fruit if it's a bad root. So we have to have love be our motive. And guess what? The Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit knows. So let's, when we offer our body as a living sacrifice, basically what I was doing just there is I just wanted to make sure anyone who wasn't like, I drink my protein shakes. I'm at the gym five days a week. I look good. I got this one down. Okay, maybe... Or maybe your motive's wrong. Maybe your, your goal isn't actually to offer your physical body as a living sacrifice so that you can do what God asks you to do. It's so that you can look a certain way. So, thanks, Jody. All right, another question to ask ourselves is, have you made this decision? God, I won't use my body in any way that dishonors you, myself or others. And the first example that comes to mind with that, honestly, is our pastor Ben. Because I think about how, and he talks about this often from the stage, and most of you have probably heard his story, but he had a pornography addiction for many, many years. 
And he tells the story that when he finally confessed and it got out there and his wife knew and the church knew and it, he wasn't at this church, he was at a different church. But that's when, guess what happened? When he offered his body as a living sacrifice and he said, you know what? And this is his, his line. He said, the freedom is worth the fallout. I can't live like this anymore. And if I have to tell everybody or if I have to lose everything, it's worth it. And so he, because of that physical sacrifice that he made to see what was going to happen and, and, and test this out, freedom's worth a fallout. God showed him because he now had no job. It was a different church he was pastoring at. He was fired. He then read a scripture and it said, what's in your house? Because he didn't know what to do with his life. He's like, now what? I don't know what your will is for my life now, God. And God said, what's in your house? And he realized I have this really cool camera and I'm really good at videoing things and helping people like make, making commercials for real estate agents. And that's what he started doing. And then guess what happened next? He meets Pastor Bob and Jenny and he has the opportunity to come here and start to heal at the same time, but start to be a part of the, um, the collective here in Tigard and build this out and become a pastor again. And God so anointed his life and so brought healing and full restoration there. And it's amazing to get to be a part of what God's done. But if he hadn't made this decision, do you think he would have the film business that he has? Do you think he would be him and his wife, Heather? And can you even imagine not having them here and their family? Would they be here right now? No. So honoring God with your body as a living sacrifice opens up his will for your life. Okay, have you made this decision? God, I give you my mind and allow you to transform it daily. The definition of transformation is a thorough or dramatic change in form or appearance in form or appearance. I want you to think of like a caterpillar to a butterfly. Does it really blow your mind when you think about how that's even possible that something that's a caterpillar can then become a butterfly and look so completely different, but actually fly? It's, it's amazing. And I think about transformers because again, I had boys, I have boys. But I think about like, okay, it's like a truck and then boop, 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 it's a robot. It's like a completely different thing, completely different. And I believe God wants to do that with us. He wants to completely, he wants us to be transformers. He wants us to start out as like a Corvette and then become like a weapon for God. It's awesome what God wants to do. And I love one of my favorite messages from T.D. Jakes, like it's so old school, but he does this message where he's like, there's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. And he's like, you can change your hair. You can change your clothes. You can change your spouse. You can change the place you live. You can change what you do for work. You can change your friends. But there's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. And amen to that. Amen to that. Okay, so let's look at these last three questions. Are they all on one slide? I think they are. Yes. So do you struggle with surrendering your body and mind to the Lord and remaining a living sacrifice? This is our last slide. So I want you guys to just 
really let this sink in, really take this to heart. And we can have keys too. You guys, it's only 10, 12. What are we going to do with all this time? <laughs> we need to FaceTime Pastor Ben and be like, we need you to come and like start talking more, like fill in, fill in the space. <laughs> um, but it says, do you struggle with surrendering your body and mind to the Lord and remaining a living sacrifice? What do your physical and mental habits reveal about, about the current state of your surrender to God? Does your mind or body call the shots or is Jesus Lord over it all? So what I want to do is just, I believe that change can happen in an instant. You know, we, we do have to walk something out, but decisions are made in an instant. Transformations made in an instant. Like we, we decide on something, we pull the trigger on something and it's, it's just now something to walk out, but it's done. It's done. And so what I want to do is just let's everybody up to their feet and we're just going to pray over a couple things. The first thing I want to do is just collectively pray for anyone who wants to do this, because I can't make this decision for you. Your husband or your wife can't make this decision for you. Your dad or your mom can't make this decision for you or the friend that brought you. Only you can decide if you actually want to dedicate yourself as a living sacrifice. And so let's just lift our hands. Anyone who wants to participate, and I'm just going to pray. God, I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are doing a transformative work right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that we by choice, we by choice are laying ourselves on the altar of transformation, God. And we want to be living sacrifices, God. We give you our bodies and we give you our minds in Jesus' name. And we ask for your will to be done in our lives from here on out, God. We don't have time to be doing good things. We only have time to be doing God things. And so we ask you, God, for that we would get out of the way and we would let your spirit lead in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So stay where you're at. Is there anyone in this room by a raise of hands? And I'm not going to call you forward. You can stay in your seat. But you feel like, you know what? I really do have a big decision to make. Is there anyone like that? Okay. If you're near someone raising their hand, would you just go, go to them? Lay your hand on them. Ministry team can go out and then anyone near them. And just start to pray. Let's just take a minute. Anyone raise their hand? You have a big decision to make. begin to pray. Yeah. Yeah, just everybody just intercede. If you're not praying for someone else, you can pray for yourself. You can pray for the person who's being prayed for. But this is a really deep and big work.
like right now, the Holy Spirit wants to give some of you directives. I feel like he has something for you. I think he wants to give you something that's really clear. And he wants to open a door for you and move you forward in a direction that maybe you haven't even thought of. So if you would just even take a minute and just say, Holy Spirit, do you have something for me? let's just put our hands on our head and let's just say I decree and declare that fear will not make any decisions for me in Jesus name I decree and declare that deception or confusion will not make any decisions for me I thank you Holy Spirit that my mind is yours my body is yours and today, I will walk out your will fearlessly and courageously. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.